Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to the new season of Sealed Section, the podcast that answers the sex questions you're too afraid to ask your friends. My name is Chantal Otten. I'm a psychosexologist, a scientist and sex and relationship expert. And I'm passionate about helping people find their pleasure and have great sex. Do my friends and I talk about sex? Yes, we do. We do talk about sex, mostly in the context of, you know, I had a great night last night or, you know, if there's some kind of problem or if maybe something about your sex life with your partner or whoever has changed. I personally don't talk to all of my friends about sex, but there are friends I go to when I need to have conversations around it and they make me feel really comfortable and vice versa. So it is important for me to have a couple of those outlets, but I certainly wouldn't sit in a group format and talk about it. I think women are getting better at talking about sex, but we still need to do it more like a lot of the conversations I have are very surface level or you know light-hearted jovial anecdotes about sex versus actual issues we might need to discuss we need to talk about sex because we are on a mission to normalize pleasure and make the world a more sex positive place for all of us and future generations and this podcast well it's really all about you Each week, I'll be answering two of your questions about sex, relationships, pleasure, and nothing is off limits. We've got two anonymous questions today, one about threesomes and the other about orgasms. So let's dive in. I am a 28-year-old girl who has only ever dated men. However, I've always been attracted to women and usually think about women when having sex with men. I'm in a long-term relationship with a man who I love, but I'm worried there's a whole side of myself that I might have repressed, and I feel like I'm being dishonest, thinking about something entirely different in the middle of sex. Not that I'd ever tell him. I've tried proposing a threesome with my partner so he can still be involved, but he's not that keen on the idea. Chantelle, please help. What should I do? Now, this is such a great question. I wonder if you've been honest about your sexual fantasies with him. While it might be hard, it's probably going to be worthwhile to bring it up with him and really invite him a little bit more into your world and why you're feeling this way and I guess how you've always had these feelings. I'm wondering why you're deciding to, I guess, explore them a little bit more now if you've always felt this way. Look, sometimes when we do have these thoughts about other people, and in this case you have feelings about the same sex, I don't want you to suppress these emotions. 
A change in sexual identity is not something that many people anticipate happening within long-term partnerships. And it's not really widely discussed, but it's definitely not wrong and it's not abnormal as well. This happens to quite a lot of people. Being bi or queer and straight partnered is not going to ruin your relationship, but being in a relationship with someone who will not acknowledge these fantasies or not acknowledge your sexual orientation may ruin the relationship. So for you on this journey of exploring your queerness, you don't actually have to involve sex outside of the relationship or even sex in general. I just want you to notice that you're attracted to other genders and this may be the extent of your exploration but it could also mean that maybe coming out as queer or bi may be affirming for you and might give you some kind of juice that allows you to feel a little bit more empowered in your sexual orientation or your sexuality in general. Maybe connecting with some people who are same-sex attracted and having conversations with them will also help. Now, when it comes to your relationship, if we think about this rationally, we have a few options of how to navigate your challenges. Number one, you will suppress those feelings and you'll continue on. I don't think this is the best idea because you're going to get worn down. It's going to affect your mental health. And to be honest, I don't want you to do this. I think you deserve to be open and feel like you can be open within your relationship. Number two, you can decide that you want to connect more physically with your queer sexual desires by yourself first. And if you're not sure where to begin, I want you to start small. Start by considering the multiple ways you can explore your sexuality on your own. And this can be through ethical same-sex porn or writing your own erotica or listening to same-sex audio erotica. You know, there's multiple options for you to, I guess, explore your fantasies without, I guess, making you feel like you have to be involving that in your partnership right now. I think it's important for you to explore on your own first and foremost. Number three, and I think this is a really great option for you, whilst it might seem scary, I really want you to persevere with your partner and, you know, hopefully this will allow you to become a team in gaining information and some really good education behind your thoughts and your feelings. So I would suggest starting this process by writing your partner a letter, telling them how you're feeling and why you're feeling these emotions and asking them to be patient and come on a journey with you as you explore your sexuality a little bit more. And this doesn't mean that you have to rush into a threesome, but it may mean doing some therapy individually or together. It can also mean, you know, maybe going through support groups or education through literature or videos or lectures. Yeah, he might be a little bit uncomfortable at first, but at the end of the day, If you're going to be together long term, this is going to be worth it and you as a couple are worth it. So hopefully he doesn't want you to minimize yourself for the relationship and hopefully he doesn't come up with that line that I absolutely hate. I want you to pick a side because I really do believe that that line is just rooted in heteronormative expectations. But hopefully he is willing to keep the communication open 
And look, if verbal conversations are not your bag, if they're really not working for you, if you're becoming too heightened, either of you, and, and becoming too emotional and it's leading to arguments or fights, maybe ask him to write back to your letter paragraph by paragraph. I use this tool with a lot of my couples. I've used it myself in my past relationships too. So you write him a letter and in each paragraph you say, this is the way I'm feeling. This is what I want to do about it. Can I ask you to support me in this way. I really don't like these letters to be critical. I don't think that that's worthwhile. I think they need to be open and vulnerable and emotional. And what you can say is, hey, I would love you to respond to each paragraph and take this week to go over it. I just want to have a good time with you. And when I get your letter, I'll go through that and respond again, paragraph by paragraph back to you a week later. I think that this is really good and you can start to communicate through these written means as well, because they do allow you to explore your feelings a little bit better because you have time to process as well. Now, when you are with him, if you're having a conversation or you're writing, I really think it's important to listen and be empathetic to his feelings as well. And you have to be honest and, you know, emotional and kind in expressing yours. This communication is going to be vital in understanding how much of his concerns are based on his views, how much are based on his fears of sharing you maybe or, you know, any other feelings that he has like jealousy or maybe he has a lack of education in this area and so on. And I do think that you both deserve to be heard and understood. Sometimes it's only through the hard work of daring to listen to each other that you'll reach the true understanding, you know, and direction that will help you move on as a team. Lastly, if you've done this for a couple of months, if you've, you know, gone through the hard yards and things are not working out and the communication is not there, you'll have to make a decision about whether or not you can live in this relationship without your sexuality being truly expressed to its full potential. And if you know that you're attracted to more genders than just your partner's gender, then, you know, maybe it's that simple. You're queer or you're bi and you want to express yourself or you don't. I think it would be very sad to see a relationship end because of this. But at the end of the day, this does happen in relationships. And as my mother always said to me, you know, you really need to feel like you've done your best in a relationship to get to where you want to go, but not everything works out that way. And I think that it's very important that you get individual therapeutic help and guidance during this time because you really do deserve a lot of support during this journey. So I I hope that this has helped a little bit and I, I really wish you all the best. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable with us. I'd like to think I'm okay with the idea of a threesome, but I think I would just be too jealous watching another male or female be with my partner. I mean, yeah, I think threesomes are a good opportunity for people to try something different, particularly if you're queer and you're in sort of a hetero or cis relationship. It can be a good way to kind of have your cake and eat it too and feel sexually fulfilled in other in other ways. Thoughts on threesomes? Look, I'm not sure if I could handle it. I think good for you if, if that's what you're into. I'm a kind of a jealous person and I worry that it would bring out some toxic sides of my personality. But power to you. I think they're hot. 
All right, so let's move on to our next question. This is such a good one. How many women actually orgasm during sex? This is a really popular topic. Actually, it comes up time and time again for me, you know, with my patients at work, but also, you know, out and about. You'll be amazed how many people come up to me, maybe like it's been a while because we're in the middle of COVID, but like at a club who will come up to me at like 1am in the morning and be like, I've got a question to ask you. I can't come during sex. And often when I meet these people, I have to ask them, is it that you can't exclusively orgasm at all? Or is it you can orgasm by yourself, but not in a partnered erotic situation? Do I have to be talking about anorgasmia, which is the inability to achieve orgasm altogether? Or am I just talking about the fact that it's circumstantial anorgasmia, so you just can't orgasm under certain circumstances? So I first of all want to just go into this question by prefacing it with there's absolutely nothing wrong with not being able to have an orgasm. You know, sex is not about achieving the goal of penetration, of orgasm, of anything. Sex is about pleasure. And I really want you to really think about what you know about sex and really reframe that and go, well, what do I know about pleasure? How much do I explore the topic of pleasure, whether by myself or with a partner, you know? Am I quite goal-orientated? Am, am I quite quick with my sexual experiences? Like I often say to my friends or like to my patients, do you just like bat one out? <laughs> you know, I really want people to kind of think about, well, what would happen if I take my time, if I'm, you know, slower with it? The fact of the matter is we were never taught how to have an orgasm. We were taught by Sigmund Freud, who is a well-known psychiatrist. He's very much based or made a very prominent place for himself within the psychiatry and psychology world. But he popularized the myth of the vaginal orgasm. And he said that orgasms using the clitoris were immature orgasms, that anyone who could you know, have an orgasm through penetration was a mature person. Anyone who wasn't able to was in need of psychiatric care and failed to mentally adjust to their natural role. And, you know, obviously he's not a feminist and maybe his work around women or vulva owners was very patronizing and fear-mongering. And to be honest, I think he needs to be put in the bin. But I think we kind of need to move on a little bit and think about if you're not having an orgasm, just don't stress. You know, it's super common. And for a lot of vulva owners, you probably just haven't figured out how to ride the orgasm bike just yet. Getting an orgasm is a little bit like riding a bike. And sometimes when we're learning how to do something, we put way too much pressure on ourselves to achieve or be at our best on that kind of topic. And we focus too much on reaching that destination that we don't learn how to enjoy the journey. Some people are naturally able to ride a bike quickly and easily and some people have to really relax, take their time, practice and learn how to do it. So just remember, there's no rush. One of the problems with difficulty with orgasm is the fact that we are shown through media and cultural representation that real sex is penis in vagina sex and that any other type of sex is foreplay. 
This is problematic because it rules out a whole part of the LGBTQIA plus community who are not having penetrative penis and vagina sex. There are also people with different abilities as well who are not able to achieve that. And some people who have conditions like vaginismus where they have painful sex and they cannot put anything inside their vagina. And we also have penis owners who suffer from erectile dysfunction. So they're not able to achieve an erection hard enough to have penetrative intercourse. First of all, we need to kind of take that off the table and really think, how am I practicing how to have an orgasm? And we're going to come back to that in a second. Research suggests that 5 to 10% of vulva owners have never experienced an orgasm at all. And about 16% of vulva owners are unsure whether or not they've had an orgasm. This is by the age of 28. It's really hard to tell from this research how many respondents were not able to have an orgasm in any circumstance or had just not done enough exploration to find the right way to orgasm for their body or how many of them can orgasm by themselves but not with a sexual partner. You'll be surprised how many people say to me that they can't orgasm but they actually can through masturbation but they just can't with their partner. Another fun fact that I have here is that according to findings published by the Journal of Sexual Medicine, lesbian partnerships have said that they reach climax during sex 13.1% more often than heterosexual vulva owners. And this comes down to often, first of all, the way that they're pleasing each other, but second of all, the length of their sexual encounters. Lesbian couples report an average length of their sexual encounters to be somewhere between 30 and 45 minutes, while the couples in other types of relationships tended to average around 15 to 30 minutes per sexual encounter. Now, I even think that this is kind of generous, but this is just research. This is one study, and, and I think we have to be also mindful to really process these stats a little bit better. This matters because in partnered sex, you have to still pay attention to the clitoris. In partnered sex, you need to allow at least 25 minutes of warm-up before you reach any state that could lead to climax. So many people don't understand this. They wouldn't let their partner pay attention to their clitoris or their vulva for that amount of time. They just don't want them to be down there, you know, either with a toy or with their mouth or with their fingers. They don't feel like they're deserving of that amount of time or they're deserving of that amount of pleasure. You have to pay attention to the clitoris. It's your pleasurable best friend. It's at the top of your vulva. And if you spread your labia, which are those flaps on either side of the vulva and pull up your clitoral hood, which is like a little hoodie that comes over the top of your clitoris, you'll find it. It's this little nubby pleasure button there. And it's small and it's sensitive and it's got thousands of nerve endings in it that are designed purely for pleasure And I really wonder if these people who are struggling have explored that area or they're just kind of touching it and so intensely that they're aiming to reach orgasm very quickly. Now, I once did an experiment. I had a lot of people coming in who told me that they'd never been able to have an orgasm. And I asked them, well, how do you touch themselves? And they're like, I put my vibrator straight on my clitoris and I just hold it there and I'm waiting to feel that build up. I've done that. You just kind of end up having this overwhelming sensation and it just feels like your clitoris is still vibrating. 
other people have told me, you know, I just spend time and I'm touching it and I'm touching it and they're touching directly on the clitoris as opposed to kind of around the clitoris. So stimulating those nerves that are kind of leading up to it, but not directly on it. And I remember once being in the shower and I was like, I'm going to try masturbating the way that they do. And I was just vigorously like stimulating myself. I was batting one out. I never reached climax. It was so intense. I was so focused that I just couldn't get an orgasm and I understood what my patients were feeling you know I've never had that trouble before but I was so goal orientated that I couldn't reach my goal you know I wasn't focused on pleasure I wasn't focused on the journey whereas I've done also the opposite I've done orgasmic meditation and this is one thing I don't know if you follow me on Instagram but I have preached a lot about orgasmic meditation shout out to my favorite one from Madison James it's an hour long and it talks a lot about edging edging is where you kind of build up your climax you have to if your orgasm is at number 10 on that kind of intensity rating you kind of build up your stimulation to an eight you come back down to a five You build up to an eight again, you come back down to a five. You explore the rest of your body, your nipples, your hips, your inner thighs. You're not so clitoral orientated. You're not so orgasm orientated. So if you're interested in that, I would suggest looking up orgasmic meditation or orgasmic hypnosis with Madison James and you will thank me later. It's not pornography. You just literally listen to it in your ears and I remember doing it and I literally had electricity running from my fingertips down to my clit, down to my toes, back up again, and it was incredible. Now, coming back to the clitoris, if you know how to stimulate your clitoris by yourself, you can stimulate it in partnered situations as well. It will take longer, as I said before, it's 20 to 25 minutes warm up alone if your partner is stimulating it. So let them go downtown. Let them eat you out. It is the most expensive meal they've ever had. So let them enjoy it. Don't tell them to rush. Don't push their face away. If you can help yourself out as well. So maybe you're having partnered sex and, you know, if we're talking about penis and vagina sex, maybe your partner's doing doggy style with you. Pop a bit of lube on them. Reach your fingers down and stimulate your clitoris while your partner is inside you. Or grab one of your sex toys, grab your womanizer and hold it against your clitoris during your partnered sexual experience. You will have a higher chance of success with lesbian couples. They have a higher orgasm success rate because they are really committed to working away on the most pleasurable areas. They are, you know, focused on pleasure. They're focused on the clitoris. They know how to touch themselves and then they know how to try that touch with another person as well. If you have a penis-owning partner, they're not as savvy. You know, you have to actually guide them to what you want as well. Hey, babe, a little bit to the left. Hey, babe, I would love it if you go down on me right now. Or, hey, babe, I'm going to grab my womanizer and I'm going to use that. Why don't you pop your fingers inside and I'll hold this on my clit at the same time. Don't let anyone tell you that you're not allowed to touch yourself during partnered sex. It's essential for most vulva owners. I can also discuss difficulty with orgasm in all scenarios. The way I see it, if you're finding it difficult to have an orgasm, then we need to use a process of elimination. And the first thing I want you to do is eliminate the pressure that you put on yourself. The second thing that we need to eliminate is the pressure that anyone else puts on you. 
Then after that, we can keep eliminating different pressures, different worries, different stresses, different anxieties, frustrations, any expectations that you may have. Let's just give them a break. I suggest going into sex with no expectations apart from having fun and having pleasure. I suggest having your toolbox next to the bed meaning your sex toys next to the bed and your lubricants next to the bed and enjoying them. I would suggest not even having penetrative sex. Why don't you try outer course more? Why don't you try simulating each other without feeling like you need to have penetration? If you did want to try having penetrative orgasms, you know, without directly touching your clitoris, one thing that I really think is beneficial is the vulva owner being on top of the penis owner, so cowgirl, and leaning forward 45 degrees, so leaning over your partner. If you have a bed head, that's really great because you can hold on to the back of the bed and you can ride that D, like ride it up and down. If you're on that 45-degree angle, you will be getting some clitoral kind of touching. So try and grind your clitoris up against your partner's skin I think even if they're sitting up on the bed while you're kind of holding onto the back of the bed head, that's really great because you're getting the penetrative stimulation, but you're also getting that rubbing against the clitoris at the same time and just grind your pelvis into them. You know, this is really, really great. The clitoris does actually go inside the vagina on either side of the vaginal canal. So it is about seven centimeters in there. So if you are getting penetrative stimulation, you're still getting clitoral stimulation at the same time. And I think that if you can actually breathe into it and be patient, it'll be good. So practice your breathing as well. I always like to try breathing in through the nose. And while you're breathing out, feel like imagine that that breath is coming out through your vagina. It sounds so odd. I know you're probably like Chantel, you're absolutely bonkers, but breathing in and breathing out through your vagina will allow you to really focus on the stimulation and the pleasure in that area. And for a lot of people, they're able to use that kind of meditation, that breath work to get to that penetrative orgasm. Anyway, we are actually going to be touching on orgasm a lot more in another episode coming up. So this is your cue to stay tuned to what is going on in sealed section. And thank you so much for sending this one in. I really look forward to hearing more of your questions. Next week's episode is available right now for Mamma Mia subscribers, so click the link in the show notes to check it out. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to the best content for women, including early access to sealed section. So to listen to next week's episode right now, just follow the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening to Sealed Section. I'll be back next week to answer some more questions. Here's a taste. I want to try out private sex clubs with my husband, but I'm hesitant to take the first step and what to expect. If you have a question or comment about this podcast, you can email us at podcast at mamamia.com.au or leave a message on our pod phone at 02-899-9386. My name is Chantelle Otten and you can find me on Instagram at Chantelle underscore Otten underscore sexologist. This episode was produced by Emmeline Peterson. See you next week. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. 
We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.